1: BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Betonline.ag, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson. Joined only by Eve Vitova tonight because we have exciting news from
0: South
1: Southwell household. Eve, I'll let you do the honors. Our
0: boy just had another boy. Yeah, him and his wife. Wife yeah.
1: had a boy, but well, that yeah. to- well,
0: yeah, He contributed. He contributed. But yes, hey, future five-star QB uh, that will go to Oklahoma State that's right. Born healthy. Mom is doing good. So excited for him. But, you know, everybody's favorite uh, co-host is not going to be here tonight. Sorry, y'all.
1: So, well, you know the middle name. I know it's Landon.
0: You know, I don't even know Landon's middle name.
1: Uh, well, baby Landon, no. born in the wee hours of the morning. So excited for Justin, Sheridan, and Camden. Welcome, right. welcome to the family, Landon. Yeah,
0: Camden. OSU class of twenty fifty. Something five. I, <laughs> I,
1: <don't What laughs> I no idea. sounds yeah, that sounds
0: 2045 right. maybe.
1: Mm, 2045. Yeah,
0: 2045. yeah, okay. Hey, look, man, I was not a math major, I
1: was not, I was not either, but I think it's safe to say that the Southwells will not be at Orange Power weekend this weekend, but that's Probably okay. Not. You can all come. For those who are unaware, it is Orange Power Weekend at Oklahoma State. Every OSU fan's dream weekend. Two Cowboy Tennis matches, three baseball games, three softball games. Starting, or It starts on Friday with the uh, tennis match, baseball and softball at 6 p.m. And then Saturday morning, the day starts with the Remember the 10 run. Anyone who is familiar with Oklahoma State knows how important that run is. You can still register today if you just – go online to okstate.com slash sports or just Google. Remember the 10 run Oklahoma state registration is still up. So that is a, that that's happening.
0: Yeah. That's so amazing. I, you know what, Megan, I never actually got to be a part of orange power weekend, not as a football player anyway. Like I've never just participated as an OSU alum, never went back, never got to do the, remember the 10 run. I need to put that on my actual list of things I need to do in 2024.
1: So I don't know what I was doing in 2021. This is So this is my third time here for Orange Power Weekend, and I have also been to zero. Um, I don't know what I was doing the first weekend. I, I think the first time it was like the spring game, but I was like, well, my friend's working the game, and I don't really want to like go by myself and just like watch a glorified screen. You're never
0: by yourself. You got Cowboy Nation with you. What are you talking <laughs> True.
1: about? True. But I was also, I'd only been here for like six months at that point, so I gotcha. didn't really know people, um, and then last year I was in Charleston for a wedding, and this year I'll be in Charleston for a bachelorette. So. Oh my
0: goodness. Okay. <laughs> tell all your friends in Charleston to start having events in Stillwater. Well, so what's funny
1: on. is that my friends who got married live in Hoboken, New Jersey, and my friends whose bachelorette it is lives in Boston. So wow.
0: they just love Charleston.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm a I just want to
0: come down south. I want to be Southern so bad.
1: Uh, Definitely do not want to be Southern. Y'all
0: want to be Southern so I bad.
1: I absolutely yeah. do not want to be Southern, but that is. And
0: I tell you what, ever since, so in 2020, I actually became a, a runner. Like I started running, mm-hmm. started like tracking my miles and everything. So now I feel like I could, I could probably participate in the Remember the 10 run. Uh, I know it's a 22 year anniversary well not the anniversary but 22 years after the you know the tragic plane crash so every single time that we bring it up I always just like to say the names of the men who um who who lost their lives during that crash so we have Kendall Durfee we have Bjorn Falstrom we have Nate Fleming Will Hancock Daniel Lawson Brian Lewinstra Devin Mills Pat Noyes uh, Bill Teagans and Jared Weiberg I think it is important to just if we're talking about remembering the 10 that we say the names of the 10, because it is a pivotal part in Oklahoma state history and, uh, may their memory always be, uh, in, in, in directly correlated and related to, um, all these different festivities that happen this weekend um i was always getting ready for the spring game whenever you know this weekend would happen so not entirely sure what all <laughs> it entails but um if nothing else i know that the memory of those 10 um, is something that is absolutely worth showing up for
1: yeah if i if i were here this weekend i I would probably sign up for it because I do enjoy running. I'm a weird person. I I do enjoy the running. Come but on, team
0: run. Do you use the Nike uh, the Nike Run Club app? No. Oh well,
1: get I've on been
0: there. doing.
1: I've been doing. Um. Well, so last summer, um, my Apple Watch sensor started stopped working and Mm. so it wouldn't track my workouts and like what's even the point of working out if your apple watch isn't (laughs) tracking it um but no so i never i and i just haven't gotten a new watch because i was like there are other things i need like a laptop you know to replace whatever not the point um but i've been using uh, my parents peloton app and i do outdoor Mm. runs with Peloton.
0: Gotcha. Which
1: is fun. So if anyone out there has a Peloton app and you've never done an outdoor run, it's really fun because they kind of like guide you through it. And so. Yeah.
0: Sounds like a Nike run club. That's what Yeah.
1: I'm I've done like 30 minutes and 45 minutes. Every so often, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go run five miles today. Um, oh,
0: snap. Okay.
1: Do it. Yeah. You know Man, good
0: it? for you. I'm a 5K person myself. 5K yeah. and done. Yeah.
1: Every so often, I like to do a nice long run, you know.
0: Yeah, that's more. I'm I'm built for speed, not a distance. You know what? That's an excuse. Can't say that. I'm just I'm built for it all.
1: Once you get out, you're like, well, I got to get back now, you know. But uh, for those who are still interested in the Remember the 10 run, again, registration is still open. You have several options. There's a 5K and a 10K option. So you could do the 5K or the 10K. You can do the one-mile fun run. If you're like, I don't really know if I can do a 5K, do the one-mile fun run. There's also a virtual run option. Ooh. So plenty of options. If you just Google, remember the 10 run, okay, state, it will pop up. It is this Saturday, starts at 8 a.m., so you're probably going to get there around 7.30 to get registered. You pick up the packets the day before, um, uh, or like the week you can pick up the packets leading up to it, but then that morning... Uh, it's in on the northeast side of Gallagher Iba by the ticket office from six thirty to eight thirty a.m. Is you can pick up your packet. So I love it. Go go do it. I I promise. If I were here this weekend, I would do it instead.
0: Yeah, hey, we I can would, only take your word for it.
1: You know, <laughs> drinking wine on a boat. But yeah,
0: it's gonna be. It's actually gonna be very weird though that you know, there's all these things that are happening. You know, you have the tennis match, you have the softball, you have all these things that are great, but then there's no spring football game. Yes. You know, yeah. you, you have the meet and greet. You you, know, you get to go to Sherman E. Smith training facility, mm-hmm. 1 p.m., meet the players. And I think that whole thing lasts about what? About you know, an hour-ish?
1: Half hour. I'm actually double checking because I know I put – 1 p.m. in our notes but it is it's 1 30 p.m. that's 30 my mistake so 1 30 to 2 p.m. at the sherman e smith training center go and meet your favorite cowboy football players and that's not ever that's current football players so don't get your hopes up that brandon whedon might be there <laughs> um
0: no you know what's always interesting about those things is you have and i always thought this was this was weird and it happened all four years that i was there the people who show up with a hundred different items and they have certain like tape on them, and they want you to sign in a certain spot because you know they're all about to just go and sell it. You know, like if we have a great season, they're all thinking about how much money they can make off of it. And that always just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. Like I was almost like, I, I in fact, there were a couple of people that I just skipped. Like they would, they, we'd have a table, there'd be a line, and we're going and we're signing everybody's stuff. And I would just like purposely not sign those items because I'm like, you're going into this with like the wrong. Right motive. I don't even like the intention that this is it, but hey, I guess you can't knock the hustle, huh? Yeah,
1: I mean, I get I, yeah, I, I get that because what's the difference of me going to, like, a game and, when you know, you're at an NFL game and players are signing things pre-game, like people do what you got to do, but, like, I don't know. I also, I would rather have a conversation with somebody than get a yeah. picture or an autograph. A like, percent that's just me personally. Granted, you know, if I've done, well, when I would do interviews with people when I was at ESPN, I would never ask for a picture ever. Like that is just so unprofessional. But now in my current role, like when I've interviewed certain people, I'm like, do you mind if we get a picture for social media? But that's also so that we can promote that this interview happened
0: yeah. um,
1: and they're open to it. But I find that like, I'd rather have a meaningful conversation with somebody. And if I had a kid and I'm taking them to meet cowboy football, which is like such an awesome thing for little kids yeah. because there's no pro team here and they get to go meet their favorite players who are essentially their heroes and the guys that they look up to. Yeah, That's just a really special moment. So then for other people, like you're saying to like, take the memorabilia to then I'm like try to
0: profit off of it. Yeah. But
1: the kids have their, their moment. But I also like a half hour is really not a lot of time at
0: all. Yeah. I wonder what the format is going to be. Is there going to be a table or is it going to be just kind of more free flowing? Everybody's standing. You walk up to players with the jerseys. Cause we've done a couple of events like that in the past. Like my favorite photo that I ever took whenever I was a player at OSU was me signing a little girl's, uh, what was it? I think it was like her shoe or something that she wanted me to sign, and like you know yeah. just a precious photo, but that's a lot of times that's what it's all about like people are driving in for pretty long distances to come and interact right. with the players, and without yeah. you know the fans like what where would this game be right like you you have to be able to interact with them like one of my favorite memories, Megan was yeah. after bedlam two thousand eleven whenever everybody rushed the field and the the goalposts got taken down and i remember during that time so many fans were just coming up to me to want to have a conversation and so many of them like hey i'm class of 1974 i just want to say thank you like thank you for this great season and for beating those guys like that that was awesome like that stuff meant a lot to me yeah. so i hope that that doesn't take away from the novelty from the purity of those different type of moments cuz that stuff is really cool getting to know the fans and and, and your supporters
1: this isn't a Oklahoma state related story, but it is college football and memories. And I remember I was covering sec media day and it was Bradley Bozeman. I think was his name. Who was at Alabama and he got, he was an offensive lineman, I believe. And I remember Bradley Bozeman. I think he was on the Ravens. I think he went to the Ravens.
0: I remember him at Bama,
1: but But yeah, I mean, he, you know, offensive lineman. And we were, I, I forget what the question was. It was something was, Oh, it was like, what was the most memorable thing you did this summer? And, His answer was basically there's this program or this organization in Alabama, and it's essentially like a make a wish, but for all ages or for adults. So make a wish only goes to 18. And there was this older fan. I forget how old he was, but he was an adult. He was not college age. He was in his like 40s or 50s or maybe even older who had a terminal illness and his wish was to meet members of the Alabama football team, because that was his team. And Bradley went and like met him and hung out with him. And like, I don't think, I don't think college football players necessarily always realize like what they mean to the fan base. Yeah. And especially in a state like Oklahoma or Alabama or Kansas, I, mean, well, I guess not Kansas, Kansas city, but Nebraska where there's not a professional team there. It's, only the college teams. And I still, you know, that was six years ago. And I still remember that story from Bozeman about like this was the the highlight of my summer was just getting to meet this fan who was very, very sick. And all he wanted was to like say hello to the Alabama football team.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'll even say whenever I was... A student at OK State. Somebody that was always around the football program was a girl, a little girl named Olivia Hamilton. And mm-hmm. at the time, she was fighting cancer. She ended up becoming friends with like the entire receiver room. Yeah. And it was so cool, just to always, you know, watch her around the facilities, all the guys, and like I think her and Blackman. I was gonna say, aren't her Blackman
1: still friends?
0: Like to this day, and I'm pretty yeah. sure she's a student at OK State. I-
1: I think she might be.
0: Yeah. Or, or, or at least she was a couple of years ago. I don't know if she's graduated yet, but yeah. survived cancer. She's out here kicking butt. And the really cool part about it, and I got to talk to Blackman about this. He was like, yeah, I still talk to her all the time. Like, she'll text me. I'll text her. It's like they continued that friendship. Yeah. Here we are, you know, 10 plus years later. That stuff right there is really dope.
1: That's, you know, that's the thing that I like about, about the meet and greet. I think it should be a little bit longer. 30 minutes is not. Yeah. You know, of- hopefully
0: there there are a lot of opportunities throughout the off season for them to yeah. actually connect with you know and, and do things in the community. I yeah. know that that was something that I was a huge advocate for whenever I was there. I know that there's an organization called OK State Coaches versus Cancer. Mm-hmm. They do an incredible job of making yeah. sure that we're plugged in and honestly keeping a lot of guys humble and grounded mm-hmm. <laughs> because you never know um, you, you you don't know how good you have it until you're talking to somebody who, uh, who who's just fighting. You know, it's- so so true yeah yeah love that
1: so we've established there is no spring game there's plenty of other sports to watch as i said uh tennis softball baseball friday softball baseball saturday softball baseball tennis sunday but no spring game as we established it's because Boom Pickens Stadium is currently under construction. Yeah. With that being said, Eve, you've been there. You've played in the spring games. How important are they to players who are trying to prove themselves and earn a starting spot on the roster?
0: Um, honestly, it's almost like a celebration. It's almost like a commemoration of the hard work that you put in during the offseason because after the spring game, you're going into finals like everything just kind of stops for a couple weeks. Um, and then you have a couple workouts that are really non, not mandatory, like actually not mandatory, <laughs> not, you know, not mandatory, not mandatory. Yeah. But it's like, you really don't have to show up, just focus on your studies, yeah. go in and lift if you want to, uh, if you truly want to. So it's more fun than anything else. I, you know, of course, it's more fun whenever you can have your family and your fans and the, f- and the, and your friends out there. But, um, I remember like you get to go against, you know, guys that you've been going against in in spring ball, you know, this entire time. And it's like, OK, everybody's just kind of talking trash to each other and say, dang, I've been doing this to you for the last couple of weeks. And now I'm about to do this to you in front of, you know, 20,000 people. you know. So, you know, that stuff is always fun. But. Uh, You know, towards the end of the game, the coaches like to wrinkle just like some fun stuff in there that you normally wouldn't do. Like I used to love whenever they would call a cornerback blitz because we never, ever blitzed a cornerback until after I left over there. I'm still salty about that because my defensive coordinator, Bill Young, never wanted to blitz a cornerback. Anyway, uh, that type of stuff right there is just, you know, it makes for a good time.
1: Yeah. With that, though, there are so many new guys in the locker room this year, 30 plus new players between freshmen and transfers. Can a spring game help or how can a spring game help guys kind of mesh together entering the next fall?
0: Yeah, I think more than anything, it gives you some type of uniformity on what game day is going to look like. You get a brief run through of a normal Saturday in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, So, you know, you're expected to show up at a certain time, put your clothes on at a certain time. The entire uh, equipment staff, the athletic trainers, they're getting almost a real live rep at what, game day is going to look like, make sure that everything is buttoned up. But beyond that, everything that you need to do, I mean, a lot of that stuff is done, you know, prior to this game. Like the coaches are evaluating you as you go. And then there's more evaluation that comes whenever the new crop of freshmen and transfers come in in the summertime. So it's hard, you know, it's hard to try to prove yourself even more during the spring game. If you haven't already, uh, you know, established a pretty good, indication of who you are by this point
1: so one of our listeners viewers commented about spring ball and i said we would save this question last week i said we'd save it for this week not necessarily pertaining to the spring game but they were wondering what do you think is the biggest question mark with oklahoma state spring ball
0: yo Everything. What? <laughs> what,
1: question mark?
0: what is not a question mark? Look, I think that there's pressure on the offensive side, of course, with so many guys that are no longer there with a new quarterback who's going to be the new number one target at receiver. My money is on Brendan Presley. Y'all I, know how I feel about Brendan Presley. Yeah, that's that's my freaking guy. OK, but I think beyond that, it's also We have a whole new defense, you know, a defensive coordinator. My guy, Nardog, like, what's my man's going to do with this new uh, linebacker that just transferred in, right, with this new cornerback that just transferred in? How is uh, the safety position going to be used this year? We know we like to use the three high with the middle safety being the one that kind of takes over the middle with that rover position and likes to play the nickel back at different points. Like, how are those – packages going to be switched around. And I think that what you want to watch for early on is how disciplined is this team. I remember whenever the season started last year, everything just seemed off. You know, it seemed like the defense just like, they didn't know how to rotate properly. They didn't know how to, like there was so, it, it seemed like a lot of confusion and I get confused. Even just talking about it, it just seemed like so much confusion. And if they can get clicking early on, then you'll see, you know, what kind of, standard you know this team is going to have as the season progresses but those are the things that i watch for like hey who's how many penalties are going to be called and are they disciplined and how they're getting in and out of their alignments
1: one of the questions that i'm interested to have answered is who's going to be the leader this year because the right. obvious leader last year on offense was spencer sanders right obviously and then on defense you had brock martin brendan evers tyler lacy trace forward you had that whole d line back that was one of the most experienced and tightest position groups in all of college football and you lose all of those guys so who's going to be the guy to step up I mean not that I don't see Brennan Presley as a leader but he seems more like the quiet leader type just goes out balls out and is like leads by example but I think you also need a vocal leader and I'm not saying that can't be Presley I'm not saying at all but I'm just curious to see who that is going to be because we do have, you know, like Ollie Gordon's our only, not our only, but he's our number one running back right now yeah. and he's only a sophomore. And then you have Colin Oliver who's going to be a junior. I mean, is this the year that you kind of? Because he's been behind all of those other D linemen where he hasn't had to step into that leadership role because you're behind natural leaders like Evan Evers and, and Martin. So, yeah. is all of going to step up? Like, who are going to be those guys that? Take the yeah.
0: And one thing to keep in mind too when it comes to leadership is so many people will say, I'm not the rah-rah guy, I'm more of the guy that leads by example. Right? That's such a common answer. And you got to think to yourself, like leading by example is the bare minimum. Like if you're gonna be a leader, like that's what you're supposed to do anyway. Whenever you actually become more vocal, that's when you're stepping into another level of your leadership. I think that Brendan Presley is a guy who is willing to step into that level of leadership, you know, just based on what I know about him last year, he called several players only meetings and things like that. Like That's exciting to me. I would love to see Kendall Daniels, you know, freshman all American last year, being able to get thrusted into that leadership role. Everybody knows how he is as a player. Well, now let's see how you are as, you know, somebody that that can galvanize the, the troops and um, you know, get everybody going. So it is going to be really interesting. I mean, we have some guys on the old line that are coming back, but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see some of the upperclassmen and and those guys who are going to be the future for the next you know two or three years, um, you know, step into those leadership roles as well.
1: And in college sports, people don't stay all four years. So just because you're a sophomore doesn't mean you can't stop step up and be a leader. Because there's a good chance you could be going like you would only have three years. So you know what I'm saying. So it's like don't let, don't let your year. To determine whether or not you're going to be vocal. Like if you can ball, you can ball and speak yeah. up.
0: Yeah. Quick story. So I was involved in a, in an organization called athletes in action when I was at Oklahoma state and athletes in action, um, was very, very, uh, tight knit with the wrestling team. And within the wrestling team, I remember there was one guy who, I can't remember if he was a transfer or if he was a freshman, but he really wanted to be a leader within the wrestling program. And he would, you know, whenever they were running stadiums, he'd be the guy that was like trying to get everybody. Hey, come on, get up. Yeah, you can do it. You can do this. You can do that. And nobody was really responding to him. Nobody was responding until I remember because he told me the story um, through athletes in action is how we met. And he said, bro, it wasn't until the senior, I remember the guy's name too, was Darnell bors was a senior that, that went up to him and Darnell told him, Hey, just shut up like what do you mean like we know what you want to do you want you know you want to be the leader just shut up and start working like as soon as people see how hard you work and you putting in the work they're then going to get your respect but just work so You know, you take guys who were able to get it done last year, Ollie Gordon, Kendall Daniels, to name a few. Now, we see the work that they can do. They gather the respect strictly by performance, but the performance has to come first. And once the performance goes, now maybe then you can use uh, that to influence people. So, uh, yeah, just a quick side note, fun little story about uh, OK State Wrestling.
1: No, I mean, I 100% agree with that. I don't think it matters because if you're out there starting as a freshman, like, you're going to have my respect as a senior because you're out there and I'm not, you know, so it's, it performance matters, but also speak up. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, and don't get lost in the sauce because it's easy whenever you're the freshman that's balling and then you let yourself get carried away because you know, all that goes to your head, but if you can stay grounded, you can cultivate relations with the guys in your locker room. You'll gain that respect in no time by year two. Next thing you know, you're team captain. Yeah. That's how it happened for my man, Sean Lewis. You know, Sean Lewis, number 11, whenever I was there. Highly oh, recruited. Man. Come on, yeah, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> highly recruited linebacker out of uh, Missouri City, Texas. Came in. He was freshman All-American. By the time he was a sophomore, guess what? Team captain. He had the respect of not just the entire locker room, but the entire coaching staff as well. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's what we see from guys like Ollie Gordon and Kendall Daniel Daniels.
1: That'd be, that'd be cool. Step up, guys. We believe in you. That's believe. right. B-L-E-A-V in you.
0: believe in OK State and Kendall Daniels and Ollie Gordon.
1: Yeah. Other than Orange Power Weekend, not not too much going on at Oklahoma State, which is, I guess, a good thing. But some more exciting news. No, I lied. More exciting news for the football program. Offensive coordinator Casey Dunn, he was inducted into the Idaho Athletic Hall of Fame. Let's go. In 2007, he was in, an inductee of the University of Idaho Athletics Hall of Fame. But this time, it's like the state of Idaho, which is pretty, pretty freaking cool, if you ask me.
0: You ever been to Idaho, Megan?
1: I have been to Idaho.
0: I've never been. I've heard so. I've, I've heard that Boise is beautiful. Of course, you know about the potatoes. But I need, I need to get to Idaho someday.
1: Yes. So I went to Sun Valley, Idaho, which is like two hours from Boise, I think. It's a little ski town. Um, And I've actually had the best sushi of my life in Idaho because they would fly that in every, like they'd fly the fish in every day because it was a ski town and I stayed at a ski resort and everything. I was there doing a story. So I I, probably the 2012, 2014, 2014, I think. The 2014 Olympic gold medalist and snowboard half pipe for women. She was from Sun Valley, Idaho. I think it was 2014. And so I went out to do a story on her because that's where she lived. Only time in Idaho. I recommend it. It's beautiful out there. It was actually like a year or not a year ago, like six years ago, whatever, this week that I was there. My time
0: reminded me. Well, someday whenever um, head coach Casey Dunn, not head coach Casey Dunn, governor Casey Dunn (laughs) is running the state of Idaho. Maybe he can invite me in and we'll have a good time in the state and get some sushi or something.
1: Could have gone to Boise a couple of years ago when we played there.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I need to get better at planning these these away games. Seriously. Yeah. With the new is... Big 12 schedule, I'm trying to make it to – actually, I guess we have them all at home, huh? All the new teams are all at home. I think so. Well, never mind. Eventually. We're going to get there. Yeah. I've
1: been there. to UCF. The only spring game I've ever been to was UCF's in 2017, I think it was, because I was doing a story on Mackenzie Milton,
0: and mm. I went to the
1: spring game. Uh interesting yeah so welcome right. to the big 12 UCF
0: <laughs> great campus from what I hear <laughs> I, I met a guy um that's a UCF alum uh, just a couple weeks ago whenever I was in Louisiana and we were talking so much trash to each other already like they just joined the big 12 and we're talking trash to each other I'm like bro like relax like y- y'all just now stepping up with the big boys just wait till you get spanked in Stillwater Oklahoma then come holla at me
1: because their campus is nice though like I'm not gonna lie it's
0: really and crazy. a vast alumni base
1: They, I had no idea how big they were until I went there and there was like 60,000 students.
0: Yeah. It's like Arizona state and UCF and like Penn state.
1: It's unreal. Yeah. I thought they were like, you could have told me that Oklahoma state had 60,000 and UCF had like 15 and I would believe you, but UCF is massive.
0: Guess how many students, um, undergrad are at university of Notre Dame.
1: At Notre Dame? I'll go 12. Just take a wild guess. 12.
0: Oh, well, okay. Closer than I thought. See, like I would have said like 30,000 because it's such a big brand. It's 9,000 undergrad students there. That's it? Not, that's it. Dang. Yeah. Never would have guessed.
1: Yeah. My college had 3,000 grad and undergrad.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> Different. Different.
1: <laughs> I graduated I graduated college with like 750.
0: Yeah. So when I got to OK State in 2009, we had the largest freshman class in school history.
1: Not anymore.
0: Yeah, and then the following year was the largest freshman class in school history, and then the year after that was the largest freshman class in school history.
1: <laughs> so, I mean this past year was the largest freshman class in school history.
0: It, it just keeps happening. Look, they need them, them enrollment dollars keep coming in for all these buildings we're building. All right.
1: Yes. Seriously though.
0: To renovate Boone Picking Stadium.
1: Hey, that's part of the master plan. That's part of the vision plan.
0: I love it. Yeah. Don't accept everybody though, goodness gracious. <laughs>
1: Got to re- maintain some eliteness.
0: Hey, you know, you know what? Um, what a lot of people may not know about Casey Dunn is that he was a three-time All-American at the University of Idaho. He ended his career with his school records and receptions with 268 and receiving yards, 3,847 and only second in TDs in 25. And at the end of his career, in his receptions and receiving totals, ranked second all-time in FCS, trailing only one guy. And that would be the goat, Jerry Rice. How crazy is that? Like, when who I would have thought that had, uh, Casey not, Dunn was such an athlete?
1: When I read that, I was just like, "Wait, what?" And to be honest, like, I don't sit there and like, if uh, you know, he's been a coach here for so long. I think he's the longest consecutive longest tenure. tenured assistant coach here at Oklahoma State. And I'm not like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to sit and look at your college credentials. I want to know your coaching credentials. Right. So I had. I will admit I had no idea he was such a prolific wide receiver. And that second to Jerry freaking rice, like,
0: get yeah. out. Hey, look at, look at all the different receivers that he has been able to produce out of Oklahoma state that have gone on to the league between, you know, I don't know who you give the, the credit to for, for Justin Blackman, you know, you may, you probably give that to Coach Brew, but he was there with Blackman when he won the Bolitnikoff the second time. He was there with James Washington. You got Tyler Wallace who finished runner-up in the Bolitnikov. You have guys coming out all the time in that receiver position. And a coach like that, I wonder if there's some truth to, you know, whenever you play the game, you kind of understand it a little more than somebody who didn't play that position. So, you know, that's that's kind of a debate that, uh, that you see a lot in football locker rooms. There are some guys who just, you know, tend to the heed better to the coach whenever the coach actually was in his shoes and played that position. But, uh, I think Casey Dunn proves it.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I think there is some truth to that. I think that people who have not played can certainly learn and you can be a student of the game and definitely understand the X's and O's, but just as a player, there's little intricacies of anything, you know, it's like, And I think that's the case in any, in any job, you know, people get hired in certain things and it's like, you've literally never done this job before <laughs> and you're yeah. telling me how to do my job, but you don't like, you understand these aspects. Yeah, You don't understand these other aspects. I mean, it happens to me all the time at work. People will pitch an idea to me like you should do this piece. I'm like, that's a great story on paper, but when it translates to video, it's mm. not a good story. And I that know that too. from having 13 years of experience in the business.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what, you know, oftentimes coaches, they're the coaching realm in general. It's such a buddy system. Hey, I think that so-and-so is a really good guy. I met him at this coaching conference, so I'm going to hire him to be the assistant offensive line coach when he's only coached running backs before, you know, like things like that happen all the time, but you really see a difference. At least I saw a difference whenever you get a position coach who maybe didn't play the position. And then in the off season, that player, goes and trains with a specialist in that position. And that specialist was an all pro, for example, in the league at that position. And you just see how much more attention to detail there is in terms of like toes. Like, hey, don't put your toes in that way. Point your toes in this way. And like no wasted steps over here, movements. Instead of just, hey, get here, it's more so Here's how I want you to get there. And here's how I want it to look the exact same way the next time. But you're going to undercut it this way or slap his arm that way. Like those are the little things that only people who actually played the position will be able to tell you. So, uh, yeah, that wasn't in the notes, but, you know, I just had to throw that out there.
1: (laughs) No, that's totally fine. Discussion. Debate what we're here for.
0: Yeah, actually, you know what? Drop in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'd like to know, do you think that there is an advantage to being a coach that actually played the position in the past? Uh, why or why not?
1: The only the only little caveat I will say to this is being a woman in sports. The number of, of men who feel like I, as a woman, am not qualified to talk about it. I'm like, sir we have the same level of NFL experience. Right. Zero. <laughs> 100% zero.
0: agree. Yeah. So
1: that's like, but I, I mean, I'm also not trying to coach it. I'm not an, an analyst. That being said, I think Mina Kimes is one of the most informed analysts. Oh, she's brilliant. In the game. And so to that point, I think that Mina is a, an example of how, if you become a student of the game and you study and you learn, you can still yeah. be a very good analyst or good coach or whatever, because, you're learning the game and I mean and look at Izzy Diaz she's been on she's been like a grad assistant or a student assistant coach and she's trying to become an NFL coach for football and she's doing great things like if you immerse yourself in it but I still I do think that there are certain things like you were saying Eve that unless you played you wouldn't know but that doesn't make you a bad coach for not knowing those things
0: yeah absolutely um I think just this past week, actually, we just had um, you know the Women's in Football Conference w- within the NFL. Uh, Buccaneers defensive line assistant Lori Locust she um, just got hired by the Tennessee Titans. So the Titans head coach was in there talking about like, "Hey, women in sports in the coaching position." I know the Bucks kind of lead the way um, from that front. Um, you got the New York Giants to have a woman in sports. You have the Cleveland Browns. You have. At the top of my head, you have the Washington Commanders. So like some of these teams that really um, can identify like, hey, these women know what they're talking about and they deserve a position here. And I'm pretty sure who won the Super Bowl this past year. I'm going blank right now. Was it the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: Yes. Second week in a row. You're like, I I know.
0: (laughs) And the Chiefs have a woman on their staff, too. So like that stuff is really cool to just be able to show like, yo, if you if you got the credibility to do it, do it. Also, support women in sports.
1: That part that part one of my favorite again I'm going on a tangent so fun fact about me a bridge and I'll, I'll keep this this story quick i also played golf in college this is a
0: dual sport athlete okay okay yeah you're the most athletic person on this podcast let's go very
1: true um I am a <laughs> terrible golfer. A terrible golfer. So you Absolutely.
0: played golf in college? Listen well, to my and story really quickly. Golfer.
1: Long story short, went to a small D3 school. They needed people because they had golfers, but they're like, we don't have enough. And if we don't send five, we're not gonna be this will not count towards the NCAA. So everyone will be like disqualified uh, from it. So they need to send people. So you're just a body. Exactly. However, let me finish my story. So we're driving to this this golf. Meet match tournament, and uh, my coach was also the lacrosse coach, and he's like, You guys are all captains. So I'm like, I was legitimately the captain of my college golf team, which is true. Wow. Um, and so I played in two matches, meets, duels I don't, I forget what they're called. <laughs> and I, I played, wow. I was awful, and I would like tee off and then pick up the ball because it did not matter, it did not matter what um, what I scored, I just had to be there and participate and I could totally take the BQ, and it counted, but it counted as for the individuals, it counted for like our one and two golfers, which is really the reason I was there to make that better, you know, so that it would count for people to like qualify for the NCAAs. And I leave this off my resume because I don't want anyone to be like, you golf, come yeah, play. Yeah, let's
0: go golfing. Yeah. But I was
1: talking to my old roommate at ESPN who was like a huge golf fan. And he was joking and he was making a comment. I was like, I'm sorry. Did you play golf in college? Because <laughs> I did. And like, I legitimately played golf in and college. And you were a captain. I was a captain. And like, I went to two things, you know, like I was on the team. Um, I was a body. I used our 80s clubs. It was a train wreck. It was awful. Wow. But I love to be able to be like to guys who'd be like making golf comments. I'm like, and you're like downing me. I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you play golf in college? Because oh, no. I actually did. So shut it.
0: <laughs> did you, you ever go out to Carson Creek? To, no. To so you don't. You don't even golf anymore ever since. I,
1: I don't. I don't golf. Like no. I. I don't think you understand. Yeah, you did
0: even golf back then. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. So it's just a funny story to tell, and I told that story once. And Gene, I was working with Gene Wojcikowski, and he just thought it was like the funniest thing. He's like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I'm like, "No,
0: <laughs> this is."
1: real story and then he would like bring it in, like work with him like every week and he'd keep bringing it up on shoots i'm like gino why are you like calling me out right now but yeah. i played golf in college which is a lot more experience than a lot of the men i used to work with had and it's like mm, well i was captain of my college golf team and you weren't
0: so yeah i need i need to go back and become a <laughs> d3 golfer <laughs> make it happen somehow
1: I was legitimately the captain of my college lacrosse team my junior and senior year, and I was actually good at that. So um, that made up for it.
0: But Unbelievable!
1: I got a seven on one hole, and I was pretty pumped. It was like a par four, and I got a seven, which like for and that was honestly my first time ever actually going out and golfing. But
0: nice, hey! School
1: sport up. athlete. That's yeah, me.
0: the most athletic person on the podcast. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs>
1: Speaking of athletes, our equestrian team is back in Ocala, Florida this week, hoping to repeat as the national champs. Last year they became the first ever women's team from Oklahoma State to win a national title. So best of luck to the women on the equestrian team.
0: Let's women, go.
1: Let's go. You know? I
0: love it. Hey, how did they, how did OSU Cheer do, by the way? Not good. Oh, Not oh we don't want to bring it up. All right. Not good. Yeah,
1: I think they came in fourth or fifth, but. Oh, man!
0: After being defending champs, it's all right. You know, we bounce back. Yeah, two time defending champs.
1: I think I'm cursed, but that's you know, it's that's uh, fine.
0: Yeah, they got a lot of fight in them. They'll be back.
1: Fine. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, top top five is still really good. It's it's nah, hard hey. to the camp. You know, man, don't like, do,
0: don't do that. Don't do that, Meg.
1: I'm sorry. I'm we, not. We,
0: we got a standard over here, okay? We, we do wait. have
1: a standard, but I'm saying they should, they gave it their all. And as long as they were proud of their routine, which is what they all told me, that they don't talk about winning. They talk you about.
0: You ain't first, then you're last. All, all right,
1: right, Ricky Bobby. That's it. Uh, well, you gotta wake
0: up in the morning and piss excellence. Got to be the best <laughs> there ever was.
1: All right. Well, I think with that, we'll uh, <laughs> wrap this up. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Like, share, subscribe, comment, especially comment how you feel about people playing the position, coaching or versus not playing the position. Eve wants to know another big congratulations to the Southwell family and little baby Landon. Let's
0: go, Landon, Camden, Sheridan, Justin. So happy for y'all.
1: So, so happy. We're going to get him to do go poke soon enough
0: before he knows it.